Hi everyone, this is Passport Necessary. I'm Leila Janti. And I'm Marcus Rosati. And today we are going to be talking about food. Um, so for anyone who's still new to Passport Necessary, this is a podcast that is dedicated to uh, going into different topics for third culture kids, also known as TCKs, which is a term that we will be using a lot on this podcast. Um, so food. Food is a huge topic, and we're definitely going to be doing more than one episode on it. Yep. Um, you lived in mostly in Japan. I lived in a bunch of different countries. But I was thinking to start off, like, what is a food that you crave, like, all the time? Like, now that you're in England, um, what's something that you, you miss a lot? I regularly crave udon. That's one of the things. <laughs> That's the big one. Udon, but not soba, not ramen. Soba's all right. No, I says udon. I don't know what I, I. I always loved that. It was just. It's just something to do with. You got the soup. You got the noodles. You got whatever flavorings you want with it. Food stuff. So it's all great. It's just <laughs> lots of different styles of food in this bowl of noodles with soup. It's just. <laughs> there's just something really nice about it. Yeah, I. <clears throat> I never really got into udon just because mm. I am gluten free, so um, right, yeah. it was something where like I tried it once or twice because it was the only thing that came with the meal. Like especially if we did a traditional Japanese meal and we were going somewhere special, it was like I'm not gonna refuse. Um, but I I actually am very partial to soba. There's something about the really thin noodle, the buckwheat flavor. Like, I love that, especially cold soba. I know there are yeah. a lot of people who are really into the hot noodles, and that's a huge thing, and ramen's super popular. I was a really big fan of all the cold noodles. There was something about it I loved. Yeah, because it's like the, you know, particular summer one, the somen as well, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved somen. So especially good. in summer. Oh, my gosh when it's so hot outside and all you can think about is like eating cold food and then they literally serve you noodles with ice in it and i was like this yeah. is the way to live <laughs> yeah one of the best inventions ever oh my gosh i a thing that i uh miss a lot um was just easy access to really really fresh fish like oh yeah like going out and getting sushi or getting um different types of fish-based meals that were fresh and delicious and weren't that expensive like that was something that I really miss because here in the U.S. whenever you get fish it's always like on the part of the menu that's way more expensive like they're always mm. going to upcharge you a little bit because there's fish in it and I loved yeah. in Japan where it was like oh you want seafood here it's like really not that expensive <laughs> have it <laughs> It was also good quality as well. They know what they're doing with it. Oh, yeah. It was never like, oh, here's tuna in a can. It was like really fresh fish. This is what it looks like for real. Uh. Yeah, that was one thing I remember. Um, one of the, I think it was maybe my second year in Japan. So I was already in Kobe and I think I knew you by then. But um, uh, when I was in Kobe, we once in a while we would have american families who would be new so we would try and like help them out and yeah. you know bring them to different places and i remember there was one family who had kids who were kind of like around my age so i took them to an area near where we used to live sanomia 
and I showed them like all these different restaurants and places and there was a restaurant we didn't go there but we walked past it and they had a fish tank in front of it uh-huh. and they were like oh look at all the pretty fish and I was like yeah it's really cool because you get to pick the fish you want to eat and they were like <laughs> what I was like yeah you pick the fish you want they'll take it into the back they'll cook it serve it up to you and they were so astonished that people <laughs> like that it was that fresh that it was literally like you pick the fish you kill it you eat it it like shocked them completely and they were really <laughs> kind of grossed out by it and i was like that's how you know it's fresh like it's yeah. literally in the water 15 minutes before you eat it eat it <laughs> this is also quite an honest way of doing it as well isn't it mm-hmm. you just know it's an honest way of doing it you just know exactly what it is where it, where it's been mm-hmm. for a while anyway um and yeah it, it's also you know exactly what you're eating Oh yeah, absolutely. There were a couple of times when I was living in Japan where I didn't always know what I was eating because mm. sometimes they were roots. Um, <laughs> like like you would eat like a root and you're like, what is this? And they're like, just eat it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> hope I don't die. <laughs> Actually, that happened to my mom with really bad consequences. Uh, she went oh, to an, she went to an event and they were serving like a bunch of different dishes and my mom ate one of them. And then later um, that night got like severely ill, like really, really sick. And the next day, like she went back to work. I don't know how she managed to do that, but she went (laughs) to work and they were, she was like, everything I knew in that meal, there was like all these things I knew exactly what they were, but there was this one dish I didn't know what it was. I think that's what made me sick. So she asked the local women who like worked in her office and they were like, oh, that's jellyfish. Oh. Yeah, so then right. that's how my mom and I both found out. Um, I had a later incident with jellyfish, but we very quickly learned both of us are very allergic to eating jellyfish. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a way to find out. Oh, yeah. I also ate fugu once um, without, oh, right, yeah. without knowing what fugu was. Fugu, to anyone who doesn't know, is a blowfish that is very mm. popular in Japan to eat. By the way, it doesn't taste really like anything no. it's a very bland tasting fish but yeah. it's exciting to eat because if it is not prepared properly if you don't take out the ovaries in the female and i believe the liver in the male mm-hmm. uh, blowfish you die like it's incredibly yeah. poisonous and there's no cure for it and like yeah hundreds of people every year die in japan because <laughs> they eat poorly prepared fugu but um, hundreds might be very high, but people do die decently often from eating this poorly prepared Post. fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what eating it. I was just like, oh, this is sashimi. This is fine. It's kind of boring. I don't know why they're serving it. And then the lady was like, oh, you ate that? And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, boring fish. And she was like, oh, that was fugu. And I was like, no one warned me that I could have died tonight. Thank you. <laughs> skirting past the edge of death I survived oh my gosh actually the country where I feel like I ate the most like I don't want to say weird because it's not weird it was just things I wasn't always aware of what I was eating was when I was very little and living in South Korea Mm -hmm. because they eat way more root vegetables and way more like pickled and cured and like preserved foods that's very part of the the traditional um, eating experience So there were a lot of times when I was living in South Korea when I was little, like I was like seven or eight years old and I would eat things where I was like, I don't know what this is and I'll just eat it. 
Um, I think that's why I'm not a picky eater. I just, it was like, you have to try it. You at least try it. If yeah. you haven't tried it, you can't say you don't like it. So exactly. we, I basically ate almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> was there, a, think it, go ahead. I think it just helped though. Like if you're exposed to a lot of different stuff as a child to like being able to eat, it just gives you a very broad diet. You can eat almost anything without being too worried about it. Unless you've got an allergy, of course. Um, yeah. But um, it does seem to make a difference. I mean, t to me, I'm not a particularly fussy eater, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Same. But, but I think maybe the Japanese and maybe sort of like maybe Far East Asian diets are much, very much more broad. I think it's out of necessity because, yeah. you know, especially Japan, it's a landlocked country, not landlocked. It's an island country. Yeah. So they have to, you know, make do with what they have. Um, and for a long time, you couldn't just like go and trade like they literally isolated themselves so it was like yeah. you just got to make do with what you got i mean it's also that the land's not particularly good for growing stuff either because it's all mountains so you can't have these wide open pastures yeah so you can't have cattle in the same way as you would in europe or the states mm -hmm. you can't i suppose you could have goats and sheep but you know it's a bit difficult if you've got to chase sheep across a mountain because <laughs> um, they do move <laughs> Well, they also, those aren't very native, they're not native to Japan, but like, no. they they have other ways, like, the fact that fish is such a predominant part of the diet, I think it really does enable a much, like, leaner style of eating, whereas, That's like, true. Western diet is a lot heavier because we do, our, most of our proteins come from redder meats, like pork and beef. Um, chicken is fairly popular as well, but like most people, when you ask them like, what meat do you want to eat? They're probably going to lean towards a redder meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I agree. It's really flavorful and I love red meat, but there is really something to be said for like a really well-prepared fish is like, yeah. hits the spot. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, are there any foods either from Japan or from England that you like abhor you like do not want to eat it you really don't like it and like you tried it you you gave it its fair shake but you were like i do not like this food i think the only thing i've ever eaten that i said i probably wouldn't want to eat again would be kidney mm -hmm. that's the only thing but then also I, I suppose i haven't got a sweet tooth for sort of like european sweets i don't like eating the chocolate bars or anything like that because it's just too much it's too sweet and, it, and it's sweet in the wrong way Mm -hmm. it's just it just feels heavy mm -hmm. um, whereas sort of like in Japan you would get sort of like you know mochi and stuff like that and that kind of sweet stuff was alright it didn't feel like too much you um, kind of grew up with a soft sweetness instead of that very very yeah. accentuated um, it, almost yeah. artificial sweetness yeah it, it, and it's just much more pleasant I think the, the flavours are different you've got much more to go along with it that's quite nice it's you know the texture's nicer as well i find but mm -hmm. that's for me so i i really don't have a sweet tooth i can't eat sweet things mm -hmm. that's so halloween things. is like the worst time of year for you <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> no i enjoy halloween but not the sweets yes <laughs> um i think for me there were like very few things i did not like when i was in japan i do not like natto i tried it oh, yeah. i gave it its fair shake there's something about the sliminess of it. It's mm. super fermented. I Maybe I've changed and I've gotten older and I maybe really would like it now. But when I lived there, I just could not get myself to eat it. Um, 
I tried sea cucumber. That right. That was an awful experience, just texture wise, because it. I don't think it really tasted like much, but it was just the fact that like for anyone who's never had sea cucumber, it has the texture of when it first enters your mouth. It's very like soft, almost like a mm. scallop. Like it. It really is right, just yeah. this very soft texture, but when you bite into it it hardens like a rock and you literally can't bite through it. And so I thought I was going to choke to death. So I actually oh, had no. to spit it out. It was really awful. And I felt so bad because there was literally the chef like right in front of me because we had it at a sushi place, mm -hmm. like a yeah. real sushi oh. place. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. And I had to like spit it out in front of them. I was like, oh, no. I, I'm so sorry. And he, he thankfully like laughed it off and thought it was really funny. Like, <laughs> ha ha ha, foreigner who can't eat sea cucumber. But it was like, it, I, it was... It's the most visceral reaction I've ever had to a food, texture-wise. <laughs> it was, my body instantly went, nope, get this out of the body right now. <laughs> I've never... Can't handle this. Oh, it was so gross. Um, I can't do any sort of innards. I have tried. My dad has tried. Every, like, couple years, he'll be like, I'm going to make liver, and I'll try. Mm. He makes it, and he's so proud of it, and then he'll serve it to me, and I just, I can't eat it it's so right. gross there's something about the um i think it's a mixture of texture and the like overwhelming metal flavor yeah but like any sort of innards kind of creep me out i've been able to eat chicken heart and that was actually pretty yeah. good i like that that was that had a good texture flavor all of it was fine any other sort of innards, I skip them immediately. I'm like, I can't do that. Sorry. I'm pretty explorative, but not innards. Um, well, but I, you, sorry, go ahead. You do have the thing in English of saying that something is complete tripe, which means it's disgusting. That's it. And it's you not know. wrong. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Um, I'm actually, yeah, I just like, uh, there were there were a lot of things where I was like, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna try it, and that was something that also in Guatemala innards are very common. They mm -hmm. serve that too. I just couldn't do it. It like really grossed me out so bad. And actually, um, living in Guatemala, we had certain like foods that we had to be very careful with because right. there aren't there are certain like bugs that will live on plants mm -hmm. and vegetables so that was one right. of those countries where you would have to bleach your veggies um okay. just to make sure that they were absolutely clean because unfortunately my mom was for some reason had the worst time of it she got like giardia three times while we were living in guatemala no one else in the right. family had that bad of a stomach issue but like my mom suffered so badly <laughs> Meat was fine though. Oh my god, you okay. wanted meat? Guatemala had you down. It was so freaking good. And the fruits there were spectacular. Ah. But for vegetables, nope. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of meats do they have? I mean, what are they keen on? Uh, chicken was really popular just because, mm -hmm. I mean, they're pretty easy to raise and they kind of are everywhere. Um, there would be. Uh, beef um but that was considered more of a like special occasion because beef yeah. takes a lot to you know raise and grow um goat and sheeps were pretty popular right. um i i grew up eating a bunch of different meats so like stuff like that really never grossed me out i remember 
um, when I first started dating my partner, I was like, oh, I really want to make like a rabbit stew because my mom makes this amazing rabbit stew. It's really, really good. And he was like, I don't think I could eat that. I was like, oh, Oh, okay, that's fine. I think for him, it's the bones. There's so many bones in rabbit. That's true. It is kind of a pain in the ass. You really have to like be careful. Um, But I think it's also out of necessity. Um, A lot of countries, you know, we're we're pretty privileged in the states, and in I think in the Western world in general, Mm -hmm. where because we have so much space, we can just kind of grow whatever we want. Um, and I'm in the States, we're really bad about like overgrowing, like making too much food and then people don't eat it. Yeah. But I think in many countries like in Guatemala and Japan, when I was in South Korea, like you really have to make do with what you have or you have to get imports. And those imports are very expensive. Yes. So learning to eat on the market is huge. Like we knew a lot of people through the embassy who actively would make sure that they could get American foods. Like they always wanted Uh, very specific American foods that they would order and would get shipped into the country, but it's expensive. And for us in the family, it was like, we'll just do what we can with what we have. And that might be the way my mom was raised. Like she's really Louisiana in that style where it's like, you've got what you got, figure it out. Like you can make a dish out of anything. I yeah, think that's why I cook that way too. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things. that's Interesting is that because you certainly think of like you know, particularly with the French, they're very happy to eat almost anything mm-hmm. within. We reason. eat snails. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the, yeah, and I love snail. Uh, the, it's so good. Yeah, but yeah, they're nice. It's all right. It's just basically it's a mollusk. It's fine. It's like yeah. it's kind of like a clam, I suppose, in a way. Uh, not quite, but yeah. But it's like. Um, you know, the Japanese will eat all sorts of stuff as well. Like English people are much more worried about stuff, and I'm not sure why. Because there used to be a tradition of doing things like you know eating pheasant, rabbit, and all that sort of stuff. But then maybe I think somehow I'm not sure what it is, but maybe it's uh, people people don't want to eat them anymore. As was I get the idea that maybe sort of in other Western European countries they're less worried about what they're eating. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what animal it is; it matters whether it's prepared correctly. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Uh, more do you think it's become like the UK has become more sanitized to that in the sense that they they feel more comfortable eating very specific type of what would be considered like farm animals, and anything outside of that makes them feel nervous. Yeah, I think I think that's true, and I also. There's probably also a lot of the class system based in it as well. Maybe there's some stuff that's considered that, you know, as I have, it's not for the likes of us. We don't eat that sort of stuff. Or, you know, we can get hold of it because it's more expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a strange one with food in the UK. Because um, everybody likes this sort of, like, you know, they like to be able to say that they go out to dinner and all that sort of stuff and they know what they're doing. Um, but at the same time, people are not very adventurous. Mm-hmm. Like, Italian food is always one of the ones that people want to say that makes that that's like oh yeah I'm sophisticated because I eat Italian. That's fine because Italian food's great, but I mean it, it's always very specific. You know you have huge numbers of Italian restaurants, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are not really very Italian. Mm. It's the same thing like with sushi as well. People go oh yeah you know you know we love we love going to your sushi and you're like yeah 
you do realise that what they've done is they basically skimp on everything, including the fish. Yeah. So the bit that you actually want to eat is not even that good. It, it's interesting. It's just like, I, I think I think in the UK food is for show. It's not it's not about how it tastes. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether it's actually good or not. It's about well, I do this, so I'm sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it, it's not it's not the enjoyment of the food that's important it's the it's being seen to be eating the food that's important i think sort okay. of interesting uh, that's that's my impression that's my impression <laughs> it's just because of the way people talk about it is it, it's it seems to be at the moment specifically sort of more to do with italian food that tends to be the one that people, that people find really popular yeah. and really like yummy yeah. for some reason, or yeah. not even yummy, but like a, a show of. It's trendy. Uh, yes, trends. You're that's what know. I was thinking. You're of. in the know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that's a sophisticated so, human being. That's so interesting because in the states, Italian food is kind of seen as like middle of the road. Like anyone can get Italian food. Like we have like Olive Garden and places like that where it's like yeah. there are pared down versions of Italian food and like almost everyone in the states can make some sort of even if it's not truly authentic but they can make some sort of version of Italian food so I feel like that's kind of become part of the American food repertoire that's so interesting that in the UK it's considered like ooh kind of fancy whereas in the states we're like yeah it's pasta like (laughs) why is it fancy (laughs) I I, I think it it might be something to do with the, the fact that you know the states because it has so many different european groups coming across so you have british people i'll break it down sort of like english welsh uh scots and irish sort of like from the united kingdom and the republic of ireland that kind of area as it is now you'd have italians you have germans french people it would all different groups that would go across and they would take everything with them whereas i think when italians migrated to the uk sort of around the Victorian age they didn't they were a small group of people and they weren't necessarily considered they didn't bulk up the population people don't talk about Italian heritage in Britain mm-hmm. even though I've got an Italian last name they, they don't talk about their Italian heritage at all it, it's a different thing there is an attitude that's different so Italian is still seen as slightly exotic hmm. but also I think certainly within Britain there's an attitude towards people who come like from Italy, Spain and France is that they're all a bit sort of excitable and a bit, you know too loud or whatever <laughs> and it's strange, it's, but they seem like that but it's odd because like Europe, Europe to most people in the UK seems very exotic it's um, it's also the kind of place you go on holiday and that sort of mm-hmm. thing so if, if you eat the food it means that you're kind of, I think it, there is a sense that you know I'm in the know, I know about this kind of food I know what I'm doing Whereas um, you get a lot of chains that pop up of like Italian chains, and it's just really strange because food-wise, it's just like it's 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 uh, the joke is is that it's prepared by microwave technicians. <laughs> put it in a plate, put it in the microwave, out it comes. Hey, off we go. Yeah, that's the kind of thing for a lot of it. It's not all of it, but I think there is that sort of it's there in, in the culture. But you know, you you. Walking around York, I mean, the city I'm living in at the moment, there are loads and loads of Italian places, mm-hmm. or Italian places, safety in quotation marks. Um, but it, it's seen as being slightly sophisticated. Interesting. That's so funny. 
I think here, when it comes to, like, sophisticated foods, it just depends on, like, the quality of service and then, like, how Mm -hmm. high-end the food is being prepared. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a style of food that's considered more, like, necessarily fancy than others. I think French food is still considered fancy, but, I mean, there's, like, fancy Chinese places, there's fancy Thai places, like, it all depends on the style of the restaurant, the style of the service that you're getting, and then, like, the quality and level of the food. Because there's also, like, really cheap stuff, too, of all different kinds. Like, you can get cheap Thai, cheap Chinese. Um, Honestly, a lot of the time when it comes to, I hate, like, saying the ethnic food, quote-unquote, but stuff that is non-Western, so stuff like Thai, Burmese, Chinese, a lot of the times the places that are more like mid-level they're not like super super cheap and they're not super super expensive the places that are kind of in the middle usually have the best flavor in them because a lot of the times mm-hmm. when they're too fancy they sometimes westernize the flavors and they'll dial down the heat or they'll dial down certain right. flavors and textures so that it's more palatable to americans and I prefer, like me personally, I prefer like the real strong spicy flavor. Yeah. Like I love having Vietnamese food or Thai food that like could potentially make me cry from how spicy it is. Like I, yeah. I don't mind yeah. having to have that spice level because that's what it really is supposed to taste yeah. like. And that's the best stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like going back into the 90s, there was a, um, a TV series called Goodness Gracious Me. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, what happens in, in this sketch is the reverse of the role. So, in Britain, there was always this idea that you know you always get very drunk and then disappear off to the Indian restaurant and then misbehave and you know upset the waiters a bit. Well, they just flipped it around. So, basically, they've got uh, an English restaurant in India, <laughs> and so. But one of the lines that they have in there is, is like you know. What have you got that's not totally tasteless? <laughs> not totally bland. It's just like, it's just because English food is always considered to be totally bland. It is good English food, but I think it's been destroyed in certain senses. It's like, it, it, you know, it's things like pies and stews and stuff like that. So people kind of see it as being a bit unsophisticated. Even though it's, even though it's perfectly nice to have a good steak and ale pie, it's just that, you know, it's considered, I don't know, maybe a bit sort of too rustic. Yeah, Yeah. I think some of the best English food I've ever had, and trust me, I I definitely paid for it because it absolutely had gluten in it, but was all like pastry-based stuff, like pies and um, different cakes. Like my Mm -hmm. favorite English thing that I've ever had and I've ever done is high tea. And that's like not, like it's kind of fancy, but when you really break it down and look at the components of a high tea, it's just like little cakes, little sandwiches. It's nothing like too crazy it still can get fancy but like it's very like carb and bread heavy but it's if Mm. it's done really well it's amazing like real english scones you cannot beat that with a stick like real english scones are truly amazing and yeah i i just i love it so much it's one of my favorite things to experience in the uk is going to high tea i love it 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 is also kind of one of the jokes about like you know going back to the days of the british empire so like when everything's falling about around you all you're doing is sitting there so are we gonna are we gonna you know 
oh god you know we're, we're in the middle of a battle what we do tea time yeah tea time it's all right <laughs> bullets flying around it's it's one of the jokes it's just uh, it's been a joke for a very long time I think so, no, but was... nothing's gonna stop it I think there was a joke in um, Black Adder when they did the season that was set in World War One. There was an episode where like shit, like shit was going down, and I think they decided to have high tea, or they were like pretending to have high tea. I can't remember the exact episode, God. but I remember it being really funny. Also, God, like there was one in Black Adder that did that. Um... I just love Atkinson; he's so great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a genius of comedy. Everyone knows him as Mr. Bean. Check out Black Adder. He is incredible, especially the last season. Yes, I mean, the other one that you've got to look at is one of the ones that you first got famous for was early 80s, which was called Not the Nine O'Clock News, which was a sketch show. Well I've worth heard of watching. that. I have heard of that. I need to there's watch some, that. There's some stuff now that might seem a little bit outdated, but a lot of it is quite funny. It's, mm-hmm. it's, as well, it's satire a lot of it. Yeah, uh, but it's good fun. <laughs> That's always the thing with like older comedy. Always got to be a, a little careful with it. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. with it with the mindset that like this was a different time period, and uh, not everything's <laughs> gonna be of good taste anymore. Yeah, exactly. Is because you get away with that now? Probably not. Is it still funny? Maybe not, but some of it is. So. Yeah, some of it is. It's one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I actually think that we're kind of getting close to our end time for this episode, mm. but we are going to do another episode on food. We're going to at least do one more episode on food. Yeah, um, probably so, many more. Yeah, there's so much, yeah. so many things to talk about, especially when you're going to a different country. Like, there are so many things you can get that are not going to be in your backyard. Please go out and eat it. Like, be yeah. explorative. Try something new. Um, so... With that in mind, <laughs> we're going to close it off for today. If you have any questions, please put it in the comments below. Uh, we will try and look at the questions as we move forward and answer some of them when we can. Um, if you want to send them to me personally, you can. My Twitter is at Layla Gentil. That's L-E-Y-L-A-G-E-N-T-I-L. Um, and we will try to respond to your questions through the podcast. Or if it's like a quick answer, we'll try and do. I'll try and do it on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for now. Yeah, I think so. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>